MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game ads on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 and win $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use promo code NFCBEAST for 15% off, which is active until the Eagles or the Giants lose their next game. Hello, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 233. Goes out to the little guy, Jose Altuve. Apparently, he had a big night last night. I missed the baseball, but I hear through the grapevine he had a, a big game. So this this goes out to the little guy. If you, if you want to uh, have some fun, I, I think there's photos of him and Shaq together out there, which are which are fun to look at. It's, it's Shaq dwarfs everyone, especially little jose altuve so this is not a shock nor a mlb podcast this is the mma gambling podcast on the sports gambling podcast network as i mentioned episode 233 i will be one of your hosts jeff chalks fox who's still mired in a horrible the worst slump of his career perhaps uh, i know how my co-host feels all most of the time now because uh, nothing but garbage picks coming coming from this end um so let, let's bring in the winning half of the company I, everyone thinks this guy is the one with all the winning picks anyhow so it's he's finally coming through and, and with winning picks so it's good everyone just assumes my picks are, are garbage as it is so i right, hopefully no one is tailing me and they're all tailing gummy because he had a heck of a night last night he's got so many hot takes i had to we had to hurry up and hit record because he, he was gonna spew them all out before we went on air so let's let's get him in here and let him unleash with all the hot takes and thoughts he had on last night's UFC fight night. It's the one and only Gumby God, Daniel Vreeland. Hello. So, so you you let off with this. Uh, so I was wasn't even going to bring it up, but now that you brought in, sure. you're on a rough a rough stretch. Uh, which by the way isn't even been that rough. Uh, but like a rough stretch, you just mean a rough stretch based on the amount of times I've beaten you in consecutive events, correct? Yeah, it's very. Plus, I've all, all the money I was up is gone now. Also. Uh, with, yeah. with my overall pick so yeah th- that too dan losing a bunch of money doesn't uh is a rough stretch as well but losing to you is even worse yeah and that's is it seven events in a row now you've lost to me probably it's yeah. pretty bad it feels At least that and last night felt really good too because not only was i hitting you know the the two picks that i beat you by uh which not to to bury the results here but the two picks i beat you by both dogs too so uh that that felt extra good Yes, Gumby beat me by 500 bucks or something. So now he's uh, only what 2,300 behind me for the year. So still I got plenty that of time. time. I, if I do that for another month, we're in. <laughs> How many more events do we have though? That's the thing. Um, I, I don't know. Let me let me put the intern on that while you uh, while you make some nonsense talk. Uh, I, I will make nonsense talk. Um, <laughs> so so of course last night was UFC Fight Night, Cater versus Allen, aka UFC Vegas 63. We had a fluke injury uh in one of the key fights and we had a controversial ref a judge's decision let it stop me if, if you've heard either of those things before that seems to be the way it goes with uh with these fights do we we didn't lose any fights so usually we lose a fight too uh before we 
we, we go go to air or, or from the time we, we went to air to, to the time the, the event actually happened. So we just had a fighter come in grossly overweight, but we didn't lose any fights at least. So because we only had 11 to begin with, which I'm not complaining about. But um, how many more do we got, Dan? Probably about eight. Only maybe? six, believe it or not. Yeah. Six, okay. Six fights left. And you're 2,300 behind, so uh, you have to gain like 400 bucks on me every event. I got, I got time. There's time to do that. I just did 500 today, so so there's time. There is time. Um, all right. So this went down last night, UFC Apex, as fight nights tend to go down. The main event was where we got our injury this time. Arnold Allen defeated Calvin Cater. TKO knee injury. It's listed as uh, eight seconds into the second round. Um, uh, Allen looked. Alan was winning the fight, um, but it was Cater tried some crazy jump, jumping strike, landed incorrectly, uh, injured, buckled his knee in the first round, gutted it out, made it through the round, even though uh, Alan swarmed him. Came out the starting of the second round, and then uh, one leg kick from Alan was all it took for uh, Cater to realize he could not put any uh, pressure on his back leg. So, Another unfortunate injury, uh, it's, which is seems to be an ongoing thing here, but uh, it's not like the man who um, was winning the fight ended up losing because of an injury. It was uh, Alan was clearly winning the fight, um, but you can't really say give him credit for causing this injury. But nonetheless, we will take our plus money here, plus one ten on Arnold Allen, but doesn't help his stock. Yeah, at least the right guy won. I think your your point about that is important, but it's also important to know. You know, you mentioned. One leg kick got it done in the the second round. He didn't even kick the leg that was sore. Yeah, that's no. Bad, yeah. yeah, that's how bad the uh, the leg situation was for Calvin Cater. Also, I would say I'm going to fault the the doctor a little bit in this case because it very clearly, and I'm not a medical professional, but it very clearly was like an ACL or MCL injury, right? Like his knee buckled side to side. He, he was having trouble doing lateral movement. And to check and see if he could keep fighting, the doctor comes in and asks him to take one step forward, which, of course, like an ACL-MCL is like a stabilization injury. So, like, he, of course, could take one step forward. He just couldn't take steps side to side, which is when he started buckling and had howling pain eight seconds into the next round. So, yeah, like, kind of a silly move there. I'm also going to pine for my picks here for two seconds again because I predicted at plus 950 – Arnold Allen by submission. Right. And my God, at the end of that first round, was that close? <laughs> yep. It's true. I, I forgot you had picked that, uh, or I would have been sweating it even more for you. But yeah, that was that was close. It, it's the shame for Gumby's picks. Poor Gumby. <laughs> yeah, I was I was screaming at the TV for him to finish it. But uh, nevertheless, uh, still a good performance by Arnold Allen. Uh, I'll ask you this because you're usually the one prompting me. Okay. You know, the the injury thing, which has been happening in main events, and we've been saying, you know, it doesn't do much for, you know, X, Y, and Z stock. You know, Jan Blankovic is sadly in that state after, you know, the injury that happened. And, uh, you know, now we've, we've got a similar problem with Curtis Blades when that injury happened to Tom Aspinall. Where do you think this leaves Arnold Allen as far as a featherweight title shot? Well, whether it's a kind of a mess now because uh, Volkanovski is going up. Um, so are they going to do a a interim title fight? Possibly he he could he could get a shot for that. Um, is he going to get a shot for the actual title? I don't know because Volkanovski 
it's as as uh, as I just mentioned, he's going to be fighting for the lightweight title expected next, and he's already, he already talked about who he's going to defend that title against. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, he I said think, he wanted Benil Dariush if he wins yeah. the lightweight title, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think so if they do be... an in, if they do an interim title, let, let's say that that's the road they go. Is Arnold Allen one of the two people in that? It probably should be. Allen and Emmett, but that's not a very sexy matchup. So they probably would prefer to put like a Max Holiday Holloway type character in there instead. Well, whether whether he's whether he's uh, earning that or not. Um, but yeah, I, I think or Yara Rodriguez that, that type of thing. But I think Emmett and Allen would probably be the most deserving of the two if they do that. I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I'm just not sure that that's the matchup they make. Yeah, because like you said, it, it does really seem like the the less sexy one because you know, like not that Yair Rodriguez is like a beacon of activity, but like these are two guys who uh, their, their careers have kind of been plagued by like large gaps, right? Like Arnold Allen, uh, you know, like, ha- you know, he's, he's 10 and 0 in the UFC now, but it feels like it's taken 30 years to get there. And, you know, Josh Emmett had the injury and that kept him out for a while. So like, they've kind of been inactive and as a result have like never built that momentum. They don't have the kind of name that Max Holloway does. They don't have like, I mean, I guess Arnold Allen kind of has the nation behind him, but he doesn't really feel like the face of British MMA, does he? No. Um, so, but like, you know, obviously Yaya Rodriguez is, is like one of the faces of Mexican MMA. So yeah, it, it feels like Yaya and Max would have like weird, claims to it but like in the same sense I, I agree with you entirely it should be Arnold Allen versus Josh Emmett for the interim title and but like it, that doesn't even barely feel like a co-main event on a pay-per-view does it no no I I guess the belt or e- even a pretend belt would would prop it up a bit but yeah that, that's a problem you'd, you'd have to put it on with like a, a Jones Steep a fight that's like clearly gonna sell on its own yep very very true yeah so um yeah, that's why I'm not a huge fan of fighters going up, uh, up weight class while they're the champ, champ of another, because it just muddies everything up in, in two divisions often. And if Volkanovski wins, it's gonna, you know, muddy it up even more. So, um, all right, before we move on, I want to tell you about Winbet. I haven't told you about Winbet yet. You're probably thinking there's something wrong. Why is he not told us about Winbet? Are you thinking of joining Winbet? Now is the perfect time, but that's not what they want me to say this time. Ready to win money and boost your odds. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. If you're not in one of those states, make sure you move immediately. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Be on the lookout for the WinBet win hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern time during WinBet win hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet from boosted same game parlays to live in game odds on every major sport. WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. So much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. So they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough and bet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And Sports Gambling Podcast is giving you a chance to win your choice of either autographed Lawrence Taylor or autographed Brian Dawkins jersey. Contest is completely free to enter. Here's how you get in. Subscribe to youtube.com. 
perhaps you've heard of that slash sports gambling podcast. Comment in the video. Each video is a new chance to win. So comment in every video you see on there. Turn your notifications on so you don't miss SGPN contacting you when they pull the winner's name. Simple as that. All right. Let's go. For some reason, I'm all stuffed up. I, have to, I think I have to sound sick in every episode, whether I'm sick or not. Uh, welterweights were the co-main event. Max Griffin, an interesting split decision uh, win over Tim Means. At least the right person won here. 29-28, was the card. Griffin looked fantastic in the first round. Not as much in the next two. Yeah, what a what a weird judges scorecards there right because yep. clearly griffin won the first i think yep. very clearly griffin won the second third kind of felt like a toss-up you could certainly give the third to anybody i'd probably give it a means right like you, did you give that one a means i think so yeah yeah the the only two people who uh in in on mma decisions who gave it 30 27 <laughs> you you know where this is going yep. the only two people who gave it 30 27 to max griffin we're both from SureDog.com. So, uh, yeah, you have to assume that 30, uh, 29, 28 is the right scorecard. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's it's weird, though, because, like, yeah, he, he, he felt like he could have put the foot back on the gas like he did in the earlier rounds. And instead, he didn't and, and wound yeah. up kind of coasting to an ugly decision and one that, for some reason, you know, Eric Cologne thought he lost. But, like, I, I guess a good win for Max Griffin. Eh, I get like it, it would have been if if he kept doing what he was doing, but he didn't. It was weird. He didn't look tired, and he didn't look like he injured himself. So I really don't know what happened to him. Why he? It changed. also didn't look like like Tim Tim Means did anything to like deter him. You know, like sometimes yeah. somebody gets yeah. hit with like one hard shot, and they're like, okay, let me take my foot off the gas. I'm winning a range battle anyway. No reason to put myself out there. Like, it, it never looked like Tim Means stunned him, and he was stunning Tim Means. Like, the, in that first round, he popped him, and, and I yeah. was like, oh, shit, he could just go get the finish now. And instead, he was like, all right, I did enough, uh, and, and coaxed. And, and like, with the decision we're going to talk about a little bit later on, that's a bold move right there. Yep. Yep, and we could be reaching the end of the Dirty Bird era in the UFC. That's, what, two straight losses for him, and he, has, he hasn't done too much of late, so... Um, all right. So he's exciting Gumby, though. That's the thing I would say. He's all right. right. Like, he ha- he's a household name too. Possibly. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, well, no, Max, Max, by the Max way, Griffin was too. Uh, remember that, so you remember when we were breaking down these fights and, and I yep. said that Max Griffin is enough of a household name. My, my wife saw her, him come on the screen when we were watching the fights and she goes, Oh, Max Griffin. I know him. And I was like, oh, boom, wow. exactly. Yes. <laughs> Boy, she obviously listens to the show. She's just trying to secretly listens and trying to make you feel good. So, Gabby and I both uh, got the main event and the co-main event, right? I, I wanted a little s- a streak at the end to make myself look a bit better than I would have looked. Uh, we had WCA in the next fight. Waldo Cortez Acosta, another guy who, if if he had just duplicated the first round, we'd be, you know, uh, talking him up. But no, uh, came out looking great against Jared Vandera, but did not continue looking great. He won 33 29-28, 29-28. Leg kicks, though, were destroyed him by Jared Vandera, and Cortez Acosta could not get him out of there. Uh, a lot of wild, wild swinging and punches. Yes, he's fast and big and athletic, but um, yeah, bad footwork. Didn't check a leg kick, or I think he checked one, 
And if if you're not dominating Jared Vandera, I don't like your future here. At least at least uh, unless you put in a lot of work. Yeah, I think I said that on the preview episode too. Is like I'm already not big on him. Like he he didn't look great in contender series. He, he right. beat up a guy who is largely shorter and a much worse boxer than him. And now we see him do this against Jared Vandera, a guy in a four fight losing streak in the UFC. Yeah, like I know he's got boxing skills and size and stuff like that, but it just feels like if you put him in there with like, let's say Justin Taffa, like Justin Taffa rip his legs apart and like beat the hell out of him, right? And and that yeah. isn't a good feeling for your heavyweight prospect, right? Um, if we're gonna use that word to describe Cortez Acosta, I, I'm not impressed. Uh, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be up against Jared Vandera and not getting the best of every single striking exchange. Yep, we are not impressed with your performance, as he, as the uh, wise French Canadian once said. Um, all right, and then we got an ugly loss here. Trishan Gore, technical submission. He choked out with a really nasty guillotine choke from like several positions. <laughs> they they were all over the place o- over Josh Fram. A very a big disappointment. This one was was one of the biggest disappointments of the night for me. Forty nine seconds into the second round, yeah, Fram should have won this fight and he did not so we lost from minus 200 you know i i i'm usually the one of the first people to buck um jong saying it was a, a low iq move right? <laughs> yeah. like he, he loves to say low iq move and, and i'm over in the discord for those of you who are not wise or don't listen to the show all the time when we reference jong and uh i i, I i'm usually one of the ones who's like yeah well you know so, some Fighters see things that we don't see, and, and they plan for things that we don't plan. This was a really low IQ move from Josh Frams. Um, Like, it, it, if you watch this fight, he was so obviously beating the shit out of Treshawn Gore on the feet. Like, crushing him on the feet. His range was just too much for Gore. And even yeah, though Gore was like a, yeah, and even though Gore was, like, a little bit faster, he was just coming up short. He didn't understand range because he's, you know, he's a 3-2 MMA fighter, now 4-2 MMA fighter. So, like, of course, what Fremd was doing was just causing him all kinds of trouble on the feet. And then when Gore shot a takedown in the first round, he went guillotine, and Gore defended it enough. And he was able to, like, you know, get back to his feet, which is good. But then, like, in the second round, he's popping him again, and he decides to initiate the ground game. And don't get me wrong, like, I get that you have good wrestling and you trust your submission game. But, like, so far, all Gore had shown was some like pretty good top game and really strong. Like he's a very physically strong dude. So why would you want to be in the clinch with him? Why would you want to be in a grappling exchange with him when you can just stay away from him and rip his head nonstop? And he looked like he was getting tired too. So it's like, man, it seemed like a really rough move from Frem there. But, uh, you know, like, I don't know about you. I- I'm still not sold on Trayshawn Gore, despite having no. one of the most brutal submissions I've ever seen. By the way, what and this is we alluded to this. We were talking about it before air. What the hell is this ref doing? <laughs> Tell us what was he doing, Dan? I don't know. The friend was out for a solid five seconds before this ref calls this. Uh, like, like, how do you not stop a fight that's in that position when the guy's legs and arms aren't moving? Like, perhaps he wild. was trained by. Uh, perhaps he was trained by our friend, everyone's favorite referee. He yeah, wants to make sure people are dead before uh, he calls a fight. Yeah, it, it wasn't good. And especially, like, following, like you mentioned, it was a weird position. It looked like a WWE match. Like, the way that he was, like, suplexing him from his neck. How, how do you not, how are you not, like, on bigger alert? So, 
Uh, yeah, yeah that, that was one of my pet peeves on the night. But also, yeah, like, Gore has got good finishing ability. That's kind of what we've said about him all along. He showed it on the Ultimate Fighter. But I don't know what his ceiling is. No, uh, big improvements. yeah, no, I, it's, is friend going to get a third kick of the can down? That's oh and two for him now. I think so. But that's because you got to remember his first one was against Anthony Fluffy Hernandez, which yeah. is a, a real tough debut. And he took it on three days notice. So like, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. The loss to Gore doesn't look good, no. but you take a three day notice fight against, you know, Hernandez has got to be pushing the top 15. Right. And then you got, a secondary loss to a guy you might've been beating in Treshawn Gore. Uh, and they just kind of got caught in a weird position. Like I think that merits a third run, but uh, you're, you're right. He's, he's definitely up against it. Yep. So Gore got himself 50 K as well as, as well as his first UFC win. The main card started off on a sour note for us. Um, Killer Roundtree, what a split decision over Dustin Jacoby. I wouldn't call it a robbery, but it, I believe the wrong man won. Uh, and if you work for anywhere but MMA Mania and Sherdog, you agree with us. Um, but nonetheless, Roundtree won 29-28, 29-28, 28-29. And we were on the side of Jacoby here. Yeah, you stole my line. It was MMA Mania. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and Sherdog, who, dude, you, it's so easy. Like, it's, it's so easy to know who it's going to be every time. Um, yeah, this is a bad decision. And like, wh- whether you or not you thought some of Khalil Roundtree's punches were harder, like you have to remember that the you know the the whole like criteria says whoever made it closer to finishing the fight, either by cumulative strikes or one solid strike. Dude, Roundtree was coming up short on ninety eight percent of what he was throwing. So even if like the, that two percent that was landing was doing some damage and were heavier strikes than Jacoby. Jacoby's like constant one twos landing on Khalil Roundtree were definitely more impactful. Were definitely more impactful. It, it was just such a wild choice to be like the couple things that Khalil Roundtree seemed to be hard. It's not like he even wobbled them. You know what like, I mean? Like it, it would be one thing if you picked the guy who was clearly throwing the heavier punches because you were like, they landed close to the same amount or the ones that he did land wobbled them, but it wasn't close to the same amount and he never wobbled them. So like, how do you wind up giving it to Roundtree and all that? It's just such a weird decision, man. It's because he's, his face got marked up and he was bloody. Uh, and maybe something it may sound silly to say that, but judges have to judge fights on what they're able to see ringside. They don't see replays. They don't, get to see even a broadcast of, of the fight and they're looking for damage. And if you clearly have damage in your face, I um, thinking that could sway a judge. Yeah. that That's crazy though, because like, I, and I get that, that that's sometimes like when it's close and, and I do mean like when it's close and it seems like, you know, like both guys are landing a similar number of punches and like you're watching the broadcast and you get the little stat on the bottom and you're like, Oh, this guy's actually landed, you know, like 20 more, 30 more. And then the judge gives it to the the more bloody guy. That's one thing. But like this was not – I didn't feel like this was razor close. You know what I mean? I didn't feel like this was like, ooh, it's close enough where the judges could be swayed by, you know, like the fact that somebody's nose is bleeding a little bit. It felt like obviously one dude landed a whole bunch more. Like, yeah, like it, I, I just pulled up the stats, by the way, and I'm not like almighty stats. But like he landed 35 – more significant strikes yeah 
That should be that should be uh, clear to a trained judge. Yeah. And not only did he land 35 more significant strikes, he also landed at a far higher percentage. Yeah. You you know, so like and in every round, like round one, he outlanded him by 14 and at 16 percent higher. You know, round three, he outlanded him by 17 and and 33 percent higher. So like he's landing at an incredible clip. In the the middle round, which if you did give the middle round to Roundtree, like that's fine by me. He still outlanded Roundtree by four in that round. And granted, Roundtree landed a slightly higher percentage, but like he outlanded him in literally every round. And and I get that, like you know, Cole's rounds and that one that like he outlanded him by two. Th- that one can go to Roundtree. I even gave that one to Roundtree. But like, my goodness, could you not give two of those rounds to Roundtree? There's no way he won one or three. Yep, it was disappointing to say the least it's disappointing for our money as well so we both went three and two in the main card let's zip through the prelims roman delizzi made me look bad made dan look good won himself a bonus he knocked out phil haas brutally knocked out phil haas four nine in the first round after he injured him with the leg lock knee bar thingamajig once again the ref just lets the fight go on he blow haas was clearly compromised and delizzi made him pay for it yeah, well, I appreciate that because as any of you know uh, who are in the Discord, by the way, get in our Discord at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord, uh, you would know that a lot of us were in on Roman Delizzi by knockout at plus 450. So we really appreciate them not stopping it due to the submission and instead stopping it due to uh, the hands only a few few, few seconds later. Um, yeah, real weird move that they, they didn't stop that. Uh, but man, once again... I told you, sometimes Phil Hawes gets backed into a corner, as he yep. did at the end of this fight, and gets knocked out, as he did in this fight. Yep, he sure did. Well, what would have happened with your bat if, if they stopped a dude an injury? Uh, Is that not it, a TKO? Man, I think it depends on when they called it. So, like, if, if Delizzi still had his, you know, like, was still in on the leg lock. Yeah, I no, think I'm, I'm talking about when he got up. And was clearly hobbled. And he stumbled away. So I yeah. think if if they call it when he's on the leg, they would probably have called it a technical submission. Yeah. But if they called it as he like stumbled away and Delizzi like stalked him, they probably would have called it a TKO due to injury. Okay. Um, so I think that would have been fine. So it, it would have been like a really weird line and like a really uh, – we would have been sweating out Joe Martinez making the announcement. <laughs> yes. What? regardless it, it was a nice a nice win for dan that this fight i'm thinking that jacoby losing was the number one disappointment for me this one probably was number two andre Arlowski actually looked his age and didn't fight smart like we've been praising him for years now um he got just run over by marcos hogerio de lima rear naked choked minute 50 in the first round he basically just he didn't even fight it he, he just uh, gave up at that point and we had Arlowski as a big plus 165 dog. So this was a disappointing one, to say the least. Yeah, I think it was most disappointing to me because, you know, like I, I, I've been lauding the, the coaching of Mike Brown and how it changed Andre Arlovsky and, yep. and like how it's made him a better fighter. It has. He's been more patient. This one, that just went out the window. He threw windmill punches in like the first <laughs> yep. 30 seconds of the fight and he got stung, right? Like that, that was... You know, when he went through that four-fight losing streak and everybody was like, it's time for Arlovsky to retire, you know, whatever that was, like six years ago or something like that. Long time, yeah. Yeah, like, people were talking about him doing that because he kept getting smoked on the feet, right? He kept, like, 
overextending himself and getting popped on the feet. And now, you know, he's gone back to back to back to beat Collier and Vandera and Felipe and Sherman, which granted are all not great wins, but he also beat Tanner Boser and Felipe Linz and Ben Rothwell. And he beat those guys by decision by outpointing them. And like, you know, way back when he was getting knocked up by Stipe and Overeem and Josh Barnett and Francis Ngannou and all those types of guys because he was overextending himself against big punchers. He overextended himself against the big puncher again here. And and that's kind of disappointing. I, uh, it makes me worry about picking him anytime in the future. Cause if that's the way he's going to fight, I, I wouldn't pick him against almost any heavyweight. Yeah. Even Jared Vandera. I'd still, he already beat Jared Vandera. <laughs> I know, but, uh, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Jared Vandera is not a big puncher. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that was the bonus for Delizzi. This guy was impressive. Uh, the iron turtle, um, People in the Discord enjoyed that nickname of his, but John Young Park looked very good against Ugly Man Joe Joseph Holmes. Rear naked choke again, 304 into the second round. But yeah, yeah. As as a wise person on the podcast said, Daniel Reeland said, like, uh, Ugly Man Joe has problems with people who get physical with him, and Park was very physical in this fight, and we hit it at minus 250. Yeah, pressure and physicality is like yep. the map to beat Joe Holmes. And I mean, th- those are things John Young Park are good at, which is why. I had Jung Young Park in that parlay with with Max Griffin. So, you know, he makes now granted I sweat the Max Griffin one out uh, after him deciding to fight weird, but like never had to sweat out the Jung Young Park stuff. Yep. Not to, at all. Um oh speaking boy. of things I didn't have to sweat out. Oh boy. <laughs> let me let me do the transition for you here. Speaking yeah. of things I didn't have to sweat out. <laughs> Featherweight Steve Garcia got himself a, a fifty grand bonus. TKO punches Chase Hooper, minute 32 in the first round. Boy, Hooper did not look like he belongs in the UFC. And this is what, fight six or seven for him? And who boy, he looked bad. And that this this line looked very bad. That The fact that Dan got Garcia at plus 220. Uh, I was in on Hooper because I'm dumb, apparently. But probably never again. Because unless he can very quickly take someone to the mat, he's not on the UFC level. I'm pretty sure I said all of those things before the fight yes, happened. <laughs> you did. You did. And uh, somebody told me I was crazy for taking a 230 dog or 220 dog or 220, wherever it was. Somebody told me I was crazy. Steve Garcia doesn't give up takedowns. He's never given up a takedown. So, uh, like, Chase Hooper is not good on the feet. And as we found out, you don't say. Steve, Steve Garcia ain't bad. No, well, he's better than Chase Hooper. And, yeah, as someone mentioned in the discard, yeah, it looks really bad when Chase Hooper gets gets let up in the feet. Yeah, yeah, I, I it's, it's, yeah. It's not a I, good I mean, not, visual. Not, not much to say about this, but it just feels like, yeah, like Chase Hooper, despite the fact he is a, like, dude, he is an insanely good grappler, right? Like, yep. the heel hook he hit on Pete Barrett, the, the TKO over Felipe Kolarish and the way he took his back and all that kind of stuff, you know, being able to take out Daniel Tamer, which is not easy to do. Like all of those fights look amazing. Like he looks so good in those, but like on the rare chance, he can't make it to the mat. He looks like a fish out of water. So like he's now three and three. He's in a division that like, does it have a bunch of dudes who are like inept at, at grappling? You know what I mean? Like featherweight has got, like those dudes are on the, the verge of being in the top, you know, I'm not going to say top 15, but top 25, top 30 in that division all can grapple for the most part. So like he, he needs to wrestle. He needs to know how to wrestle or this is over. Like he, yep. he can't, he can't live this way in this division. 
oh no, he's not not going to live literally very long if, if he keeps fighting like that in this division. Um, I should have trusted the stats, Dan. We both should have trusted the stats in the next one, flyweights. Cody Durden beat short notice replacement Carlos Mota, 30-27, 29-28, 29-28. I think it had to do with the fact that Durden's not very likable and Mota's pretty talented and we were hoping that uh, short notice doesn't matter, but it really really did matter and or he really can't wrestle. It, it could be a mixture of the two. I, I think it's mostly the short notice thing because the I've seen him fight Charles Johnson, who's a good wrestler. Right. You know, and, and, and he went, he wound up getting finished in the fifth round of that fight, but like looked good early on in that fight and was able to defend most of the wrestling attempts. And, you know, I, I rate Charles Johnson pretty close to where I rate Cody Durden in terms of wrestling. Like he's got really good grappling. Um, but like, ah, man, I don't know. Like th- this looked really bad. Um, so it might be a little of column A, a little of column B, but um, it, it's disappointing to see Moda debut like that. It's disappointing to see an LFA champ of yeah. this high esteem have to debut like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. Uh, yeah, UFC is not good at introducing people uh, often. They, they just throw them in uh, fights. So we'll have to see how Moda does in his next matchup uh, before I think we really can get a handle on him. Because Durden's not exactly the top of the flyweight food chain by any means. Then in the opener, Josh Joshua Weems, short notice replacement. See, this one we went with the stats and it came through. Plus, Weems missed weight badly, 139 and a half for 135, 136 max fight. Uh, that's another thing the stats tell us. Don't go on a fighter that misses weight. So we didn't know that in advance, obviously, but uh, those things were in our favor. And Christian Rodriguez took advantage of it, got himself a Anaconda choke, 407 in the first round, got himself 50K, started the night off right for us. We had him at minus 310. Yeah, and, and I like seeing him be able to defend some wrestling and have some submissions to go with it because he, he like grabbed a guillotine, flipped him over, and then hit the, the Anaconda choke. So, like, that, that's a really good sign for a dude who mostly we already love because of his striking. Um, so, you know, we said it on the, the show, the preview show, is, like, we had to see him debut up a weight class over a freaking monster at 45 in, you know, JSP, who's not only, like, a, a good grappler, but also is up a weight class and a huge featherweight to begin with. So, like, seeing Christian Rodriguez come down and, and like, get to fight somebody his own weight like that that was first of all awesome and second of all it's awesome to see that he's got the grappling to hand handle it too except he was fighting a bigger man once again uh yeah even though it was supposed to be (laughs) supposed to be his weight maybe someday he'll he'll get to fight a fair fight weight wise all right so i went five and six very poor night for me usually when i lose money at least i come out positive with the wins and losses but no um Lost 300 bucks, so I'm down 357 on the year now. But there's still time, as Dan says. I'm hitting 60, 65% of my my picks, so that's that's positive. Gumby went seven and four, up 250 bucks. He's down 2700 on the year, it's a 59% hit rate. So things have gone the opposite. I I started off strong, and now I'm fading. And this is what happened last year. Uh, Gumby came on strong at the end of the year. So maybe you should just ignore everything he says until until the fall hits every year. So. Uh, recommended plays did not go well for either of us. Gumby hit Park and Griffin uh, parlay, but then he missed all his other picks. So he went one and four, lost 35-20. I went one and two, only hit Rodriguez, which was my bigger pick of the two, or it would have been worse. Bigger pick of the three. Uh, and I lost 33-87. So on the year, but, I'm still up. We, we should note two here in there. because, And I'm going to toot your horn for a second. Toot it. 
Please. You, you would have been ahead of me on your recommended plays had Dustin Jacoby not been robbed yes. blind. So, yes. you know, I'm I'm going to take the victory here, but it's <laughs> you, you can take a moral victory. How about that? There's no victory. I, I lost a dollar less than you. So, or a dollar 32 less than you. So I, I will take both victories, Dan. Oh, you, you, wait a second. Oh, because you lost 33 bucks so. on C-Rod. Yes, 50 bucks on C-Rod. <laughs> on a negative so, 310 fave. <laughs> yep. On the air, 62%. I'm about 75 bucks. Dan is at 47% and down 151. But Plenty he's the time. brains here, obviously. Plenty of time. Plenty of oh, time. I'm only down 180 and, bucks on you. I could catch that in a week. There you go. Well, perhaps it will be this week coming up. There's another smooth transition. transition. But we got a hastily arranged main event, but I, I'm digging this because I'm a Mahina Hadhigas fan. Are you a fan of Hadhigas as well, Dan? Yeah, she's really fun to watch. Yeah, I, I like her mean faces too that she's always making. Yeah, she got a good mean mug. Yep, she's always trying to look tough. So she is tough. Uh, so we got Hadhigas versus Lemos is the new main event at UFC Fight Night. Rodriguez versus Lamos. Well, what a, a perfect name for, since these two are at the top, aka UFC Vegas 64, another UFC Apex special uh, going down on Saturday. We're already into November. Saturday will be November the 5th. That fight will go down. We're supposed to have Bryce Mitchell versus Bob Azar Evalev, and then we were rumored to have Mitchell versus uh, Tapuria, which we are getting, but not a main event here. We're getting that a little down the road. So this is another event that. Um, we had some, uh, like like I said, well, we, we lost the main event, but we do have some other interesting fights on the card as well. Uh, as I said, how do you guys, Lamos is a very good fight. We got Neil Magny versus the guy we talked about a lot recently, Fluffy Rodriguez, Daniel Rodriguez. So No, that's that not one. Fluffy. That's oh, oh, sorry, that's Hernandez. I'm thinking of Dan- D-Rod. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony Hernandez and Daniel right. Rodriguez. They're different, different people. people. <laughs> They're different people. Daniel Rodriguez is pretty good, though, if I yeah. remember correctly. And we D-Rod. have talked about him a lot lately, too, is, we have is too. the other thing. It's that he was, uh, you remember, he fought not that long ago um, in that whole UFC 279 debacle yep. where, where everything got shuffled. And that was only... Yes. It's not even two months removed. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's coming back quick. Yeah, he's he's getting a big fight against Neil Magny. Tigger Ulambekov versus Nate Manis. Of course, we're going to uh, take great interest in that one because it's flyweight. Uh, catchweight, our boy, Jelton Almeida, Jelton Jr. What else is he known as? He's known as a bunch of other things. Okay, Jelton Maldonino. You know, he's fighting catchweight, of course, because that's, he's, the, he's the cruiserweight champ uh, fighting against Maxim Grisham at 220 pounds. Um, Derek Minner versus Shailene Nerdambiki. Haven't said that for a while. Um, Pollyanna Vienna versus Jin Fry. Tamaris Vidal, who I've never heard of, versus Ramona Pasquale. She's debuting. How, She's debuting. That's fair for you. How is Ramona Pasquale still in the UFC? Uh, she's did she not horrible. fought a Bantamweight? Did she not fight a Bantamweight? She had to fight like weirdly up a weight class. So I think this is her effort. So to... bad though, dude. Oh no, she did come down and. Wait, was the Jocelyn Edwards fight also it? Yeah, she fought at featherweight twice. This is her yeah. chance to come down and prove that, like, maybe down a weight class, she might work out. Oh, she looks so bad, though. Yeah, Terrible. I mean, the, the Josie Nunes fight was was ugly as hell. Yep. Benito Lopez, Mario Batista, Johnny Munez versus Ludovic Shaolin, Miranda Maverick, a favorite of the podcast versus Shannon Young, Jake Hadley versus Carlos Candelario, another flyweight belt. Uh, see if Hadley really has what it takes. Chase Sherman versus Josh Parisian. Oh boy. And then Mark. <laughs> then he, <laughs> a, oh boy, is all I have to say about that. And then Mark O. Madsen versus Grant Dawson in a, a wrestling 
treat that should be. So pretty solid card, actually. Yeah, there's a couple of things I'm really excited about. I want to see Jake Hadley's second fight. It looked like he had a yep. whole bunch of ring rust in that first fight. So I'm excited yep. to see what he looks like. Um, you know, you mentioned a couple of flyweight bouts in there. Nate Manis is making his flyweight debut, right? Uh, which is kind of intriguing in its own right. Um, obviously, Jelton Almeida I love. Um, Benito Lopez coming back after a ridiculously long layoff. Like, I, I don't know if you remember Benito Lopez. Um, I've heard of him. But he he won he he got into the UFC via winning on Contender Series in August of 2017. So he's yep. been in the UFC for over five years. He beat Steve Peterson in that bout. Uh, he then went two and one in the UFC, including beating Vince Morales, which is not like a an easy win. Um, but that was in July of 2019. So we actually haven't seen him in well over three years. So I'll be interested to see what he looks like after all that time off. And I also just have to say, this may be your only chance. Lock it in now, folks. Chase Sherman as a favorite. You might never oh, see boy. it again. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, and the Shannibal is fighting, of course, uh, as well. Who has a child named Chase, I just saw. So what do you think of that? Um, Miranda Maverick. Uh, you like that matchup? Are we still in on Miranda Maverick? I, I think I'm stewing on Miranda Maverick. She's young. She's talented. She's got a lot to learn. Uh, one of her losses isn't a real loss. Um, <laughs> so we, I'll never let that one go. Uh, one of the a really bad decision, but also like she looked great against Sabina Mazzo last time. And if, if we're talking about, you know, like you said, are we still in on her? She's got two losses in the UFC. If you look at it on – I'm looking at it at Wikipedia right now. If you look at her loss against Macy Barber, it says decision, and in parentheses it says robbery. Uh, so I don't know who put that in, but it wasn't me, believe it or not. Um, and then the other one's to Aaron Blanchfield. So, like, you know, how much can you write her off for those two losses, um, especially when she's beaten Jillian Robertson and Sabina Mazzo? So, yeah, I, I still got faith in her. All right. If you got faith in her, I have faith in her as well. So – um all right that that's enough for your eardrums for here because we're gonna be back again tomorrow for you we'll be breaking down tomorrow dan tell the lovely people cage warriors 145 why are we breaking down that dan uh because cage warriors 145 is the most exciting regional event of the week <laughs> and because they're an awesome promotion that i love a lot uh, we already got fight odds for them so that's the that's the other big bonus is that i don't have to play guess and check i've actually got lines to work with that is always nice. So we will get that into your ear holes on Monday. Um, until then, make sure, as Dan mentioned, the uh, a few times the Discord is the place to be. So get in our Discord. Uh, new people sign up every day. Always lots of fun in there. Uh, Twitter, if that's more your jam, or if that is also your jam, SGPN MMA is the spot to go. Gumby runs our account there. His account is Gumby Vreeland. I am Jeff Fox writer. Read all of my MMA stuff at moneymma.substack.com. Um, listen to Dan's Top Turtle MMA podcast, which will be dropping later on in the week. And read all our stuff, of course, at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Sound good, Dan? Sounds good to me. All right. We'll be back tomorrow, Monday. Till then, I'll remain Ugly Man Jeff. He will remain the Gumby God, Daniel Breland. And we'll get in your ear holes tomorrow. Bye. 